Thanks for tuning in for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church of Imperial Valley. We would love to help you plan your visit, so we encourage you to visit our website at www.cccciv.org for service times and our events calendar. Or get the app. You'll find the Christ Community Church IV mobile app in your app store for Apple or Android devices. Some of you this morning are wondering why your house is in disarray, why your home is not in order, why things are falling apart around you. Could it be the spiritual principle is knocking at your door and you're finally reaping what you've been sowing for so long? But there's a solution to this. Because if you stop sowing to the flesh and you begin to sow to the spirit, guess what eventually is going to come knocking at your door? The spirit's going to be knocking at your door again. And the spirit will come back in. And there will be no more destruction. There will be no more flesh in your home. Because you began sowing to the spirit, you're reaping of the spirit. That's hope. That's hope. Each one will be repaid according to his deeds. This is my conviction. And this is why oftentimes when I give an altar call, I don't ask you to bow your heads and to close your eyes. I don't want to make this easy for the most part. Why? Because it's easy to give lip service. It's easy. Again, I say this often. It's easy to sing these songs. It's easy to say amen. It's easy to interject at the right time during a service like this. But God is not impressed with your words. He's looking at your heart. You're not going to be repaid according to your word. It's not enough just to confess Christ. Your life has to change. In the same way as this, if I knew that I'm unhealthy physically, and I go to the doctor, and the doctor says, you need to stop eating what you're eating, and you need to begin exercising. You can agree with that statement. But the doctor says, yes, you're right, I need to eat more healthy. Yes, you're right, I need to begin to exercise so that I can become healthy. A lot of us here this morning, a lot of us listening at home, we agree with what God's word says. But we haven't really changed our life. We haven't changed our diet. We haven't began to exercise. It's not enough to agree with God's word. You have to actually change. Okay, I can't tell my daughter, hey, you need to go clean your room. Your room is messy. Yes, you're right, it's messy. And she could never clean it. Nothing changed there. Has your heart really been changed? Because God is going to judge you, not just your confession, not just what you say, not just your lip service, not just that you can sing these songs and raise your hands. God is looking at your heart. Has your life changed because you've had an encounter with God? That's what he's looking for. Each one is going to be judged according to his ways, according to his deeds. Listen to what it says in Titus chapter 2. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness. That word renounce, it means to deny or to disown the old life. That that is not for me anymore. We're going to denounce ungodliness and worldly passions to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Why? Waiting for the blessed hope and the appearing and the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. That we're going to renounce the old life and we're going to begin waiting for the Lord's return. How many of you are really truly waiting? We're going to see this, the importance of this in a minute. Now... He's going to transition here. He's got this indictment against Judah. And now he's going to bring up Jacob. Jacob, 
If you want to read the story of Jacob, you can go to Genesis chapter 25 and read from like 25 to 34. You can get a lot of context in that timeline if you read really the whole story of Jacob. But Jacob is really the father of Israel. Okay? His name is changed later to Israel. He has 12 sons, which are the 12 tribes of Israel. And God is going to use this man as an example of someone who experienced difficulty and hardship and trial in life because of his choices. But in the end, when he has an encounter with God, he still changes. His life is changed because he had an encounter with the Lord. And the hope is this, that it doesn't matter how messed up you've made your life today, if you're willing to meet with the Lord, your life can be changed as well. Amen. So look, here's this guy named Jacob. Read it with me. Hosea chapter 12, verse we're going to be in verse 3. Speaking of Jacob, it says, In the womb he took his brother by the heel. His name means heel snatcher. Literally, Jacob means heel snatcher or deceiver or someone who tries to trip. And he was in his mother's womb, in Rebekah's womb, with his twin brother Esau. And Esau was going to be born first. Okay, and so Esau comes out first. And because he was born first, he has the birthright. He gets twice as much inheritance as would Jacob. And so even in the womb, Rebecca's like, why is there, why are they fighting so much within my womb? And God says, there's two nations warring within your womb right now. And so Esau's born first. And as Esau is being born, Jacob reaches out and grabs onto Esau's heel as if to try to pull him back into the womb so he can be born first. His name means heel snatcher, deceiver, someone who's constantly trying to trip you up. Now, even Esau would say in Genesis chapter 27, because not only did he try to take or try to snatch that birthright, okay, eventually Esau sold his birthright to Jacob for a pot of stew. Okay, a crazy thought here. And, and again, some of you can view this, some people view this as really a struggle between the flesh and the spirit. The whole story of Jacob and Esau. Esau would be the man who's of the flesh, and Jacob would be the man of the spirit. And they're warring at each other. There's two nations at war within you, okay? And Esau, the man of the flesh, he's so hungry coming home from hunting one day that he's, he's so famished, and his brother had just made this porridge. And he says, please give me that porridge. I'm about to die of hunger. And Jacob says, I'll give you this porridge, but you have to give me the birthright and he says whatever you want what good is my birthright if I die of hunger right here right that's how fleshly this guy was it's, you know so he sells him his birthright for some porridge a few chapters later his father Isaac is about to die and they connive this ploy his his mother Rebecca and Jacob do to not only get the he already has the birthright but now to get the blessing the father's blessing. And so Isaac calls his son in and he says to Esau, Esau, the one who took after me, who, who followed in my footsteps, the one who's a hunter, a man's man, I want you to go out and I want you to hunt the game and that I want you to make for me the stew that I, I love so much so that I can have that stew before I die. And when you come back with the stew, I'm going to give you the blessing. And so Rebecca overhears this and she tells Jacob, hey, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take some from the flock. And I'm going to prepare the stew, and you go in and take the stew to your father, and your father will bless you instead. And so this is what happens. Jacob brings the stew to his father, and Isaac gives the blessing to Jacob rather than to Esau. And he leaves, and Esau comes back with the food. And he says, here's the food you asked for, father. Will you bless me now? And Isaac says, I've already blessed someone. Must have blessed your brother. And what does 
what does Esau say? He says, see here, doesn't he live up to his name? Doesn't Jacob live up to his name? He's deceived me again. He not only stole my birthright, now he's stolen my blessing. Father, have you no blessing for me as well? Right, so this is the character of Jacob, always conniving, always scheming, always deceiving, always trying to figure out a way to get ahead, to try to get one over on someone. This is his character, right? And look at what it says here. It says that in the womb, he took his brother by the heel, and in his manhood, he strove with God. Because he had done this, because he had stolen not only the birthright, but the blessing, he ended up having to flee to a foreign land. He went back, and he actually became a part of his uncle's I guess, kingdom. It, you know, he, he had his servants, he had his flocks, Laban was his name, and he went back and he served Laban, and he served Laban for over 20 years, nearly 20 years serving at his flocks. He had to flee from the presence of his brother Esau, because Esau was going to kill him, and he ended up basically serving another man for 20 years because of it. Consequences. Right? Now, in this moment, it says, here's a man who strove with God. Listen just for a moment, that word strive means to wrestle. He was wrestling with the Lord in that moment. What was happening in Jacob's life during this time? Understand, he had just fleed from his brother Esau. He spent 20 years serving Laban, and he finally got frustrated and upset, and he says, I'm leaving now. He gathers up all of his belongings. He gathers up Laban's two wives that he had since married, all of the servants, all of his flocks. He gathers everything together. He even steals the idols, Rachel does, steals the idols from Laban. They pack it all up, and they go off on their own into the wilderness, and Laban pursues him. And so here Jacob is. He's in this parting of time in his scenario, right? There's behind him is Esau, behind him is Laban, and in front of him is an unknown future. What am I going to do? And that night, facing the prospects of having to go back and to humble himself before his brother Esau, and ask for forgiveness, and ask to be welcomed back in into the land, back into the family, that night he wrestles with the Lord, and he's wrestling all night long, the scripture says. Imagine wrestling with the pre-incarnate Christ, the angel of the Lord. That's what it means. He was wrestling with Jesus all night. And again, this is a picture of prayer for us. This is a picture of in the flesh, trying to wrestle in the flesh what needs to take place in the spirit. He wrestles all night long, and it's about time for daybreak to come. And so finally the angel says, just let go. It's about time for the sun to come up. And he says, no, I'm not going to let go. He continues to wrestle. And so the angel of the Lord, he touches his hip, Jacob's hip, and his hip dislocates. And he's clinging there to the angel of the Lord. And he says to the angel of the Lord, I will not let go until you've blessed me. See, Jacob is a beautiful picture for us of prevailing and pushing through in prayer. Those times where you feel distant and far from God. Those times where you feel like it's time to throw in the towel. Those times where it feels hopeless and that God is not listening and that he hasn't paid attention for some time. What Jacob reminds us of is that we need to persist in prayer and cling to the Lord until we receive the blessing. The blessing is waiting if you will persist through the prayer. Look at this again. In the womb, he took his brother by the heel. In his manhood, he strove with God. Look at this. It says, it says he strove with God. He strove with the angel, and he prevailed. He was victorious. How was he victorious? Remember the story. In the story, obviously, God wins. He touches his hip. His hip is dislocated. Why would the scripture say that Jacob prevailed? Jacob prevailed because he finally came to a point in the flesh 
where he knew that he needed to surrender, that it was hopeless to continue to fight. Do you hear that this morning? Because for some of you this morning, victory is waiting when you finally come to the place in your heart where you know it's not worth fighting against God anymore, that you need to just surrender to his will in your life. To lay down those carnal, fleshly weapons. To not fight that fight in the flesh any longer, but to say, I'm going to prevail in the spirit. He gained victory when he finally surrendered. That's crazy, isn't it? That's like an oxymoron, but this is the way God works in his economy. What does God say? What does Jesus say? He says, in this world, right, those who have many servants are viewed as a great master, but I'm telling you that in the kingdom's perspective, it's not the person who has many servants, it's the person who serves the most people that's the greatest, he says, the first will be last and the last will be first. He says, if you want to gain your life, you need to lose your life. Right? This is the way God works in his economy. The world will say that you need to buckle down and you need to pick yourself up by your own bootstraps. You need to be a self-made man or woman. No, the Bible says you need to surrender to God and allow his spirit to bless you. Then you'll gain victory. Then you will prevail in prayer. Okay? So there's a different. Praise God. You can clap. That's all right. That's reason to celebrate, right? So I wonder where you're at in this process this morning. Because he prevailed when he surrendered. And the rest of his life, the rest of Jacob's life, he spent with a limp. Many believe that he actually had to walk with a cane or with a staff. And what that cane or staff was, was a constant reminder of the weakness in the flesh. And his need to depend on what? On the spirit. I can't even make it through this life now unless I'm leaning upon the Spirit. Unless the Spirit is carrying me through. Listen to what it says in Galatians chapter 5. It says this, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. This is what it says in Galatians chapter 5, 24 and 25. And those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep step with the Spirit. Walk with the spirit. Walk with the limp. Walk with the staff. It's not weakness. That's victory. That's prevailing if you come to the end of the flesh and you're being filled with the spirit. Amen? Amen. Jacob is hope for us. Because it says that it's not the person who's the strongest. It's not the self-made person. It's not the person who has the greatest deeds or has the longest list of people that they've donated to or has spent the most time in children's ministry. It says the person who's going to gain victory is the one who's leaning on the Spirit constantly in life. And I know this, that I might not be gifted in a lot of areas, but I sure can lean on the Spirit. It says there in this next text, says that, he prevailed. He prevailed there, but then he clung to the Lord. He had to cling to the Lord. Look at verse 4. He strove with the angel. He prevailed. He wept and sought his favor. He was broken, and he sought God's favor. He was clinging to the Lord. Please, I do not want to let you go, not until you've blessed me. Now, this is interesting, and I, I want to be, again, frank and candid with you up here today. And If I'm not being frank and candid, you might as well go to another church, right? There was a, a super humbling day that I had once where I met somebody in person here at church for the first time in person. Okay? Normally they saw me up here on stage around talking and I met them and she came up to me and she said, you're so much shorter in real life. And I thought to myself, wow, okay. I get, 
you know, I guess up here, maybe I seem a lot bigger. Maybe I talk real loud, but down there, I'm not quite as intimidating. And I get it. I'm five foot eight. You know, I, I'm not a huge guy. But here's the thing, right? I want you to know that what you see up here is not always who I am behind closed doors. I'm not saying that I'm involved in sin. I'm not saying that I'm doing things that I should not do. But what you see up here is you see a man who is led by and filled with the Spirit. But you know where that happens? It happens in my prayer closet when I'm clinging to Jesus. I say, Lord, I need you. I can't do this without you. And I don't want to try. That's where that happens. You know why I seem tall in life? Is because I'm real humble in my closet. I never want to lose that with the Lord. There's a man, you can read about his story in the Gospels. Uh, two men, actually, who went to the temple to pray. One a tax collector, the other Pharisee. And the Pharisee's standing there in the temple, and he's praying, and he's praying this really exorbitant prayer. And God, I thank you that I'm not like all these other people who sin all the time. I thank you that I tithe, and I'm really religious, and I check all the boxes. And then there's this tax collector, a sinner, despised by the religious people, and he stands off in a corner by himself, and he's beating his breast. He says, God, just be merciful to me, because I'm a sinner. I never want to lose that heart. God, I need your mercy. In the Old Testament, there were ten cities that were given to the children of Israel, and if anyone had killed someone on accident, if they had slain someone, manslaughter, they could run to these cities and they could fall on the altar and they could cling to the horns of the altar and they could plead their case at the horns of the altar. And what I'm telling you is that in my prayer life, I live most of my prayer life clinging to the horns of the altar, pleading my case before the Lord there. God, I'm not worthy. God, it's not about my giftedness. God, it's not about how good I can be or what I can earn. It's all about you. That's my only hope. And what I want you to see this morning is that the story of Jacob, it tells us, it shows us that it's not about how good a person is. He was a deceiver. He was a schemer. He was a heel snatcher. He was always trying to get ahead. But he had an encounter with God, and God changed him. And whatever baggage you came here with this morning, if you will meet with the Lord today, he can change you as well. He came, look at this, he wept, he sought his favor, he met God at Bethel. Uh, this is a beautiful text to me, you know, he met with God. God gave him at this place called Bethel that he renamed Bethel. And Bethel means house of God. He met with God a few times at Bethel, did Jacob. And each time, God would reaffirm God's covenant to Abraham. And he would say to Jacob, listen to me, Jacob. It's through your family, it's through your descendants who will be more than the dust of the earth. I'm going to bless all of the nations, and I'm going to be with you, and I'll bring you back into this land. And I will not abandon you until these promises have come to pass. When God met with Jacob at Bethel, Jacob received the promises of God. And he walked out assured of his faith, confident in his faith. And what I want you to hear this morning is that this place right here today where we're at, this sanctuary is about as close to Bethel as you can get. Now, you can worship God anywhere. You can have a prayer closet anywhere in the whole world. But there's something special when we come to the house of God. And we meet amongst God's people. And we worship with God's people. And we come and we're reminded of the promises of God. When we leave, we're affirmed. 
We're confident of God's promises. And so if you're struggling with getting to church, understand the only reason why we preach you need to be, I don't care if you bring money with you. I really don't. Right? That's not what, this is about your spiritual walk with God. You need to be with God's people at God's house in order to receive God's blessings and God's favor. Right? So that's what this is about. This is where Jacob, he met with God at a place called Bethel, at the place called the house of God. Now read on with me. Verse 5, the Lord, the God of hosts, the Lord is his memorial name. God reminds him of his name at Bethel. Listen, he reminds the children of Israel, what's my name? My name is Yahweh. What does Yahweh mean? Yahweh means the all-sufficient one, the all-powerful one. The self-existent one. The one who is here before you. The one who will be here after you. That is what Yahweh means. That's who he is. He is Yahweh. The one who is not dependent upon anything or anyone. He exists of himself. Yahweh. I am the great I am. Moses said, before I go to help deliver the people, you need to tell me your name in case they ask me what your name is. What does God say? He says, just tell them that I am has sent you. Jesus comes onto the scene and he says to the religious leaders, before Abraham was, ego emi in Greek, before Abraham was, Yahweh in Hebrew. Before Abraham was, I am. And what did the Jewish leaders do? They picked up stones to stone him. Why? Because they knew in that moment that Jesus was claiming to be the great I am. Sometimes, from time to time in our lives, we need to be reminded who God is, and what he is able to do. What's beautiful in the text of the Gospels is Jesus comes onto the scene, and if you read through the seven I am statements in the book of John, you see how Jesus comes and he fills in the blank. You might say, what does that mean? God says his name is I am. I'm what? Well, Jesus comes onto the scene and he fills in the blanks. He says, you know what? When you're hungry, I'm the bread of life. He says, if you're Afraid, I'm the light of the world. If you feel separated from God, I'm the door back into his presence. If you feel like you're in danger, I'm the good shepherd. If you feel like you're dead in your sin, I am the resurrection in the life. If you feel like you're lost, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If you feel disconnected or alone, I am the true vine to which you need to be attached and connected. He fills in the blank. He says, I am what you've been needing. I am what you've been waiting for. Some of you, I need to ask you this question honestly today. What else are you waiting for? He is all that you will ever need, and he's offering himself to you freely this morning if you'll just reach out and take that gift. He is everything that you need. The Lord is his memorial name. And he pleads now with the people. The Lord is his memorial name. He met with God at Jacob. The Lord is his memorial name. And he pleads with the people, please return to this God. Come back to this God and hold fast to love and to justice and wait continually for your God. I told you we'd come back around to waiting continually on God. And that word to wait, it means not just to sit around and to twiddle your thumbs. It means to wait with hope and expectation. I want you to think about it like this. How does a father wait for his child to be born with hope and expectation? How does a bride wait for her wedding day with hope and expectation? How are you waiting for the arrival of your groom? Are you waiting with hope and expectation? How does the farmer wait for the, the rain? He waits with hope and expectation. 
This is what is concerning is that we wait for a lot of things in life. And we spend a lot of time waiting around for things that are never going to satisfy us the way Jesus will satisfy us. Have any of you ever been to the cookie place in San Diego called Crumble? Crumble, no one? No Crumble people? Crumble people. These, these cookies are like gourmet, amazing cookies, right? But when you go, you have to wait in line like sometimes 20, 30, 40 minutes to get a few cookies. Okay, those people are waiting in line because they believe that the wait is what? Is worth it. A lot of you are not waiting for the Lord today because you don't really, you're not really convinced that he's worth it. Let me tell you, Jesus is worth the wait. Thanks for tuning in for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. Christ Community Church has campuses in El Centro, Calexico, and Brawley with services in English and in Spanish. Your kids are going to love our kids' church. Plus, we have a lively youth ministry and young adults group. You're welcome to call the church office at 760-337-9400 with your questions. Or leave us a message on the Christ Community Church IV mobile app, the cccivy.org website, or direct message us on social media. We are really looking forward to meeting you. So again, the website is www.cccivy.org or call 760-337-9400 so we can plan your visit.